Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Get in the Herd, a recovery podcast brought to you by the McShin Foundation. I'm your host, Alex Bond, um, the medication and drug screen coordinator and certified peer recovery specialist here at the McShin Foundation, and more importantly, a person in recovery from a substance use disorder, um, which means that for over 15 months now, I have not found the need to put any mood or mind-altering substances in my body. I am here with two lovely lovely ladies in recovery, uh, Brandy and Brittany. How are y'all doing? I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. Very happy to have y'all on. So um, I'm just going to jump right in. Brandy, oh, why don't you introduce yourself first? I'm Brandy. I'm actually not from the area. I'm from Front Royal. Um, I came down here November the 13th, straight out of RSW Regional Jail, but that's also in Front Royal. Um, I'd been incarcerated for four months before I made it down here. So when I just picked up my six-month chip, two weeks ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations, Brandy. Thank you. Brittany, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Hi, I'm Brittany, and I'm an addict in long-term recovery. Um, I'm from West Virginia. I came down to Richmond with a friend named Zach, who helped me out a lot. Thank God. But um, I lost my boyfriend to an overdose in April, which made me want to change my life. Cool. Very happy to have you here. And and are you referring to Zach Rubel? Yeah. I love Zach. Zach, <laughs> Zach is the man. Um, one of our alumni here really, really practices a solid program of recovery. Um, so y'all two ladies are both at the uh, Chesterfield Women's House, correct? We are. That's the intensive house. Okay. Can you uh, elaborate on that? Because you are now the house leader there, correct, I am. Brandy? Yeah. I started out as assistant, like the middle of December. Um, and now I'm house manager, but it's... Sometimes it's slow, like right now it's slow. We only have five girls in the house, but the intensive program you have to go through um, 28 days, no phone, no TV. It's strictly bonding with the girls. Um, some girls struggle with that a little bit, but it. I like it. I like getting close with the girls and getting to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, how has that process been um, going from a participant to like an assistant house leader to a house leader? Because that's kind of like its own program over there. So you're kind of... Um, Jill, our, our women's director, and uh, Carla, the assistant women's director, you're like their go-to over there. I mean, their point of contact. So has that been yeah, um, difficult? Only, or Not really. The only time we leave the house is because we have the garage was turned into a group room. That's where we do all of our groups. Um, we leave the house to come to the church on Wednesdays, and we leave every night to go to an NA meeting or an AA meeting. Um, but transitioning to that, it well, my 28 days, I had six days left, and they asked me to be the assistant. So then now transitioning to that, it's it's a lot. I didn't realize how much responsibilities, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see Miss P, who was our old house leader, she's cleaning, laundry, you know, everything, and then everything on top of that that Carla and Jill asked me to do. I mean, it's it's a lot, but I enjoy it. Yeah, it's good. I feel like it's really helpful for your own recovery. And um, Brittany, so you, how long have you been there now? Um, 36 days. 36 days. Mm-hmm. And are you having any extra added responsibilities over there as I'm well? I'm the assistant house leader. That's what I heard. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> I think that's 
super cool, um, especially while, um, you know, I, I like the idea that they don't just pull other people off the street. It's people who are uh, participants who've gone through the program. So you understand kind of like what the incoming new participants need kind of like the care and compassion can you um kind of give me an overview of what it was like um you coming into the program versus now being the person that welcomes people into the program well in the beginning it was a lot it yeah. was just a big change i've never went to treatment before so it was like a lot of meetings you had to sit out in the group room all day long which you don't like mm -hmm. when you're not feeling good and then now it's just a breath of fresh air like i get to see the new girls coming in and i remember remember when I was first coming in and it was, you know, a lot for me. So I get to be able to talk to them and help them understand that this is going to help you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Kind of, kind of get to use your experience to, to be compassionate toward them is, is wicked important. So what is that? Um, what is that added responsibility do for your personal recovery, Brandy? Well, this is my first time in recovery too. Um, it's so, the, and this is your first time in recovery mm -hmm. as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it, that added responsibility, makes me feel good because people are trusting me again like when I was an active addiction nobody trusted me nobody wanted me to do anything yeah. you know and now that you know people see the growth and that I'm actually you know doing this it feels really good yeah I feel like it's definitely um, you know the ultimate way to give back mm-hmm um, were you like trained up on how to do this stuff or it's just kind of like <laughs> no. you, you, you watched Miss P do it? Yeah, I had a lot of respect for Miss P even as assistant. Like I really looked up for her. So she put me in a good spot. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so I assume the, the same is for you, Brittany. Yeah. So you haven't really been trained or brushed up on it. You'll kind of just Nothing. like work with it as you go. Right. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have found in my experience, especially in recovery, that I learn by doing mm -hmm. more often than not. Have you found that you're learning more about yourself through this process? Absolutely. Like yeah. what? Like, oh my gosh. Um, Get real. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I learned that... I need to hold myself accountable for mm. stuff because if I can't hold myself accountable, how can I hold anybody else accountable for mm. their own actions? That's good. That's pretty good. Like, do you have any, any concrete examples? Uh, not really. Just no. Mm -mm. Just I don't want to play anybody's in general. business out there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and especially when when we get in like a a leadership role, uh, we're used to having someone hold us accountable. But when we're that's our job is to hold others accountable. It's not usually a two-way street. So do you two hold each other accountable, I assume? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So like, how has it been for you dealing with maybe having uh, a few intakes? Because I know, especially at that house, it kind of fluctuates very easily and, mm -hmm. and quickly um, because most people finish their 30 days there and then they move out right. or they transition to a different house. Um, is that difficult to deal with? Does that make you like... I don't know. How, how does that like impact your, your well, role? See, like, do you have to find things to keep you busy kind of a little bit? Um, but see, like it's hard. I, I'm working on this part of it, getting close with these girls and then they're leaving or going to a transition house. Like then it gets all sappy or whatnot. But, um, it's just, it's hard. And then other things I have to find things to do. Like when I, when an intake comes in, I got to make up their bed, you know, make sure laundry is kept up the kitchen, but we also do chores out there and everybody's got a chore to do. And everybody just pitches in on the slack that we need to pick up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is it 
interesting being like that I don't know, far away from, from say like the church or anything like that. Because I can imagine like in my head, you know, Chesterfield, that house is every bit of like probably 40 minutes from here. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that difficult to deal with? Or does that actually put you at an advantage of um, creating your own little community out there? Probably a little of both. Yeah. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. It allows us to bond with the other girls more and the other girls to bond with everybody else. But then again, at the same time, it's like you're so far away from everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because because we're out there, we can't cross the river for meetings, but we can go to meetings out in Chesterfield and Powhatan and stuff like that. Okay, so there's like you guys go to um, certain Chesterfield like NA meetings and mm-hmm. everything. That's pretty cool. Um, have, have you found any major differences between, um, say, the recovery? seen out there versus in Richmond? Yeah, a lot of them are still in-person meetings. Like, I know a lot of Richmond is virtual. Um, I've never been to an in-person meeting here in Richmond, but everybody out in Chesterfield is just so welcoming. Like, they're just very warm. Like, I I have a home group out there, and that's my favorite group of the of the week. I mean, it's just, it's very uh, relaxed, laid back. It's in his garage. I mean, it's just, they make everybody feel welcome, whether you're their home group or not. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely interesting because, you know, the in-person meetings in Richmond have been far and few between sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, are, so what exactly sort of things have you been leading these um, women in recovery out there in? Because I, I know they have, like, some women that come out and do groups, but do you all do, like, animal therapy or, like, yoga no, or any of that sort of stuff? we don't have any animals. But we used to. There used to be horses out there. See, I thought there used to be horses yeah. out there. And there there are rumblings that there might be a goat, goat yeah. or, or an alpaca <laughs> on the way or something like that. Yeah. So you, what about, like, yoga? Do you guys do, like, holistic sort of stuff as um, well? When Honesty comes out, she does it. And sometimes Jesse's wife, Kelly Ann, she'll come out and do, like, some meditation or yoga with us. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Brittany, when you, you, I had the fortune of, um, uh, I think maybe like a, a month or two ago, Brandy, you were in the recovery coach training that I did. And then Brittany, you did that last week. Mm-hmm. Was that just on a whim or was that for, um, like, why did you do that in general? To be honest with you, I was signed up. Okay. Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot. I, I learned a lot from it, but yeah, to be honest with you, I had no idea I was going to do it. Do you use any of the tools in that training? now as an assistant house leader absolutely absolutely like talking to the girls you got to know how to talk to them so you don't you know upset anybody and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so have you been becoming a um role model to these women i like to think so how have you been doing that oh goodness um just by leading by example okay you know Any, any like particular ways that we do that Brandy? Um, like, I'm done with intensive. So I still go out to groups in the group room. I still go to meetings. Even though it's not required for me to, I still do it because I don't want the girls to think, well, she doesn't, she's not doing it. She doesn't, you know, have to. Why do I? So I just try to stay, you know, keep, I'm still doing certain things in the intensive program that the girls are doing. So you kind of like it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because the last thing I'd want to do is say, hey, go to groups while I sit in my bedroom and twiddle on my phone for for the rest of the day or or whatever. Um, That's that's pretty interesting. So, like, how has um, your first time in recovery... You said you you came from RSW jail, correct, Brandy? Yeah. Did you... I don't know if... 
we had. Did you watch any of the podcasts? I watched them all while you were in jail. Mm-hmm. That is super awesome. Yeah, isn't that awesome, Todd? Yeah, I mean, we we had we had two guys on last week that were actually you know on the tablets, you know they had watched the contents, so, but we didn't know that you had we didn't know that you had actually you know seen that. So that, yeah, she told cool. me that like right before yeah. she came on here, and I was so, like, ah, how, why is it taking this long to get you get you on the on the pod? I mean, that's that's really cool. Well, the reason I started watching it because I was locked up with Lisa Madison, and I know she did one of the podcasts, and then I watched them all after that. Yeah, yeah, Lee, big fan of Lisa. Love, love Lisa. Um, she she was a, a guest on here frequently. Um, so was that like your first introduction into the idea of recovery? Was like meeting Lisa and watching the podcast? Yeah, or, um, or it had been something that you'd kind of like. Well, I had started about. researching a couple of. McShin was one of them right before I got locked up. I just didn't know how to go about getting into the program or a program. So then I'm. Um, I did the dog program at RSW two years ago, and Diane Lieber, who also is a mm-hmm. staff member at McShin, she we're pretty close, and we started talking on a weekly basis, and she pretty much, you know, got me in here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is is there anything that you'd like to say to maybe your fellow ex, um, you know? Inmates at um, RSW right now? Just you, you To those can, that might be watching you now? Yeah, you can do it. I mean, don't give up. Just, I know things are crazy right now with coronavirus and people aren't getting, you know, the programs that they need to, but just don't give up. You'll, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good advice. Um, Brittany, have you ever been to jail before? Once. One time. One time. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. That's, yeah. a little, that's probably a little, a little rougher, honestly. Um, it was scary. What was, <laughs> it, what was your experience like? Was it, was it um, due to maybe um, your disease that, mm-hmm. that we have? Or, or yeah. was it a wake-up call? Or was it just kind of like a footnote on your it journey? It was definitely a little bit of a wake-up call, but not enough to... to jar me out of you know doing yeah, what I was doing. It, it, it took me a few times before before <laughs> it, it, it finally worked but um just from what i'm hearing brandy say there is that one moment where you're kind of like i think i need this mm-hmm. or i think i want this um when did, did you have that epiphany or did that happen did. in jail i did right after i got to jail um this is not my first or second or third time in jail and i've just had enough mm-hmm. i'm just over the whole i mean i know it's a disease and i'll be working at this the rest of my life but i'm just i'm over the whole thing and rsw i'm pretty sure has like a mixed pod they do is that something that you considered but couldn't happen because of the coronavirus, right. I assume? Right. They, I mean, Diana had just started coming back in there, and then she was in there like maybe a week or two, and they shut it down because of the corona. Because one of the inmates had tested positive. Damn. So, yeah. like, it actually kind of maybe, um, you know, set you back a couple months on, on maybe getting your recovery journey started mm-hmm. and getting that in, intake of knowledge. Um, yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. The, that Those that are now there don't have that similar experience. Yeah, because they don't know when have. they're going to let her back in at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know as of a week or two ago, they have zero confirmed cases, so maybe it'll start opening back up. But, you know, it's just you have outsiders coming from outside that are bringing the virus in. So mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to maintain. For sure, yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. Um, has there been any sort of? Do you still talk to any any of the people that you met while you were there? Yeah, 
I still keep in touch with a few of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they are they like interested in in getting into recovery? Is that uh, they are? There two of them are. So that's like a safe relationship that you are actually playing like a, a role model role to them. I'm trying now that you're out communicating with them on the pod that they can watch. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's definitely pretty cool. Do you do you have any any people back home that you're still talking to that might see you as like a, a, a role model here, Brittany? Probably not. A lot of them are still doing the same thing, so and don't see change anytime in the future. So is it do you think um, it's your responsibility to try to help them or to just kind of like focus on you? I need to focus on me right now for sure. And you know, you can't help somebody that doesn't want your help. You know, you can offer your help and let them know that you're there, but what else can you really do? And where I'm from, it's a small town. So it's like, there's nothing else to do. You're an hour away from the closest grocery store and it's just like everybody just, you know, becomes addicts. Basically, I swear, I'm not lying. Really? <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like assumed that out in that area, everyone's going to dip into it eventually. Mm -hmm. So almost most or all of your friends in that community suffer mm -hmm. from the same disease. They're mm -hmm. just maybe not ready to get help. Right. Do you think that's part of maybe like the infrastructure out there is because there isn't help to be offered to them or that they aren't ready to get it? A little bit of both. Because there isn't much help in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Especially not like this. Like, I really, really enjoy the peer stuff. And there's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Is that is that your experience, too? Yeah. Um, I'm actually from Northern Virginia, but I've been living in Front Row the last 10 years. And Front Row, I mean, until they brought the McShin pod into the jail, there really, what there was a couple, there's like Boxwood and Culpepper, which is clinical. And so is Edge Hill and Winchester. But... Edge Hill, you have to pay to pocket. Boxwood, you have to have Medicaid to go. Like, it's just, it, there wasn't many options. And it's a small town. Nobody has anything to do. Like, 80% of the town is hooked on drugs because of that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Have you been, um, have you found it difficult to have to, uh, be confrontational with people as a house leader. That was one thing that, that I struggled with, so I might be like projecting it a little bit, but like one of the, just because it, you know, this throws me in my heydays talking to two like house leaders. So I, <laughs> it, it makes me think of all the times that that um, I had to deal with conflict and, and learn how to like conscientiously solve or resolve conflicts compassionately without just like trying to shake people down or get them in trouble or anything right. like that. Um, have you had to learn different tactics and, and learn how to kind of buck up and be confrontational or were you kind of uh, that type of person to begin with? I'm that type of person to begin with, but jails made me a lot better. Um, that's a positive on that note, but I haven't had to deal with any conflict yet. <laughs> and I hope it continues that way. Really? Yeah. No conflict. No conflict. God, I envy you. <laughs> so what do you, what do you mean by like jails taught you how to be better at that? Um, Just like different types of conflicts or maybe different ways to solve them? A little bit of both. Like I did a two year bid and, um, you just have to pick your battles in there. You know, you're going to meet people that cry about everything or start drama about everything or just, you know, just do it for fun. And you, if you don't pick your battles, you're going to be in the hole all the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I did a little bit of whole time. So I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to say, I don't think <laughs> I have, um, but 
some some people like choose to get down there because of all those conflicts. Right. They're like, I would rather just not deal with any of this drama and go into isolation or whatever. So, for sure, Um, Brittany. What? It's kind of like the same question, but in a different way. Were you prepared for this? Were you asked to be a house leader, or were you just kind of like? Well, I was. I offered. You offered. I offered. Yeah. Well, Joe asked me who I would think would be a good house leader. And I said Brandy, and then I said I could be the assistant. You know, just throw myself out there. But and it was weird because I was going to tell Joe I think Brittany would be a good fit for assistant. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys communicate very well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how does that work? Is there like a good cop, bad cop? No, I mean, Miss P is the one that taught me if there's no communication between us house leaders, it's not going to work. It's going to be a, a mess. So she's the one that taught me that. Yeah, absolutely. Keep the communication open. So how do you, how, have you learned certain skills or techniques on how to like communicate better? A little bit. I've always been a good communicator, though. I just, you know, I have a big family, and we all just communicate. I'm used to talking things out and working through things and confronting the issue, you know. Like head on. Yeah. Best way possible. Maybe Uh you would have been successful in jail. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Not like you're not good at jail, but is that like a thing? Being, being, I I don't know. You kind of do have to be good at it because you're either, it's either going to get to you and you're going to be miserable the whole time or you adapt like a chameleon and just be good at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I hate to say it, I am. I don't want to be, but when you've done as much time as I have, you kind of have to be. Well, yeah, you can definitely learn like certain set. I think sets of skills in there that can be useful in in the outside world. Yeah, as bad as that sounds, that's true. <laughs> so, what um, what are your goals, Brandy? Like, what what are you intending on? Um, I don't know. What's your like your 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 game plan? My game plan right now is I I still have some legal issues that I'm dealing with. Okay. And I'm in no rush to leave. Like I know I knew the 28 days wasn't going to be enough for me, and that was actually on my con list about coming here because I knew that that, that wasn't enough, and I didn't know that I could transition into a transition house, which I thought I was going to do. So when they said you got to go to a 28 day program, you were like, easy. I'm going to need more than that. Well, yeah, I said I was going to need more than that, but my lawyer scared me because he was like if you don't get through this we're screwed like you're gonna do a lot of time and i was like well that you don't have much faith in me he said it's not that i think you're gonna fail for drugs or anything he said because i've seen people get kicked out of the program for less than that mm-hmm. so it i was a little i was very nervous coming down here i did i was very nervous mm-hmm. yeah what about you um what about you Brittany? what are your, what's your game plan while you're here well i when I first got here, I was planning on doing the 28 days and then leaving, going back home. But I see now that that's probably not the best idea. I need to stay here for a little bit longer, work on myself, figure out some, you know, my own issues, and then go from there. I really don't know yet. Cool. So it's kind of just like playing it by ear right Basically, now. Basically, yeah. Because I know um, I, I I ask people, not, not often on, on this, but sometimes, um, you know, off the record, I guess. Um, like what, how, when they know that they're ready to leave, do you, do you know that or, or, or like, is it just, you know, when you know, kind of a little bit, but then again, I don't think you ever really know until you do it. Do you just gotta kind of like pull the trigger? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's very interesting. 
Todd, you got anything? Yeah, you had mentioned uh, about you, you know your family in West Virginia. You say you come from a, a larger family. I was just curious, how large is your family? Five brothers and a sister. Okay. Yeah. So um, it sounds like West Virginia. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know. I mean, we, <laughs> just a big family. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, we've got five kids, so, you know, I mean, we got one boy and four girls, so, I'm not, but anyways, so, you know, um, I was wondering, like, how, like, have you been able to communicate with them? Like, you mentioned about not going back because of the environment, mm -hmm. but as far as it goes towards relational aspects, have you, have you been in good contact with your family? Some of them, okay. not all of them. Uh, a few of us have became, you know, addicts, but it's just like I talk to my mom almost every day. She drinks a lot, but uh, I talk to my brother Nathan. He's been sober now for I think like six months, and then everybody else I I got to push away because they're still doing what they're doing. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was just curious because I mean, a lot of families we've had we've had families on here before, like that have come in remotely, and so I didn't know if maybe this was a way you could get this back to your family. They can kind of see how you're doing. Oh, that'd be you know? awesome. And so I mean, but that's one avenue. Mm -hmm. I just you know I wanted to mention that that I can get you that information after we're done. But it's always good for families to see what is going you know what is right. actually going on I, I think it's why we do so many of the participant check-ins because there's always a different story coming through here mm -hmm. and it's always good to have that offer of hope for those family members so right yeah and and, and your family can actually like see you you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah. that that's that's what happens is is when i call my mom she's like you sound good but it's also cool to put like a visual to that mm -hmm. audio you know what i'm saying um so i think that's really cool um Superfan Gwen has a question for you two ladies. Uh, what kind of supports do women in recovery need that differ from what men need? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I, you know, as women, we're very, very emotional, and just with our network, that because we have to build our network when we get here. We don't have anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I, we encourage the girls to get at least one number a meeting. Um, that way, you build and build and build and build on it, and we just need that emotional support. You know, on our bad days, to tell us, you know, we're we're okay. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna make it. Recovery isn't easy, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I've heard uh, a lot of. The go-to that I hear a lot of women say when they come in here is, I don't get along with women. I always had guy friends. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like a total go-to that I hear at least maybe 75% of women who come in here say is, I don't get along with women. I always had guy friends. Is that the same for you, Brittany? Has that, yeah. that, that's been your experience? So mm -hmm. how is like connecting with women that process work and how has it been for you personally? Well, it's been amazing because I'm not used to it. And you know, when you're back to your old self, you don't trust women because the women that you're around aren't trustworthy. They're more than likely going to hurt you in some type of way. Mm -hmm. But the women in the house, you know, they're coming in vulnerable. They're coming in, you know, once again, being untrustworthy of other women. So we get to see how they change and mold to become better women and be able to trust somebody yeah and be able to have someone to talk to so you can see the growth in people right. and how they start becoming vulnerable mm -hmm. have you noticed um i don't know maybe like 
Let me let me take a step back. So so when I look at the numbers in general at McShin, about a third, I'm sorry, a quarter of the participants are women, and I think three quarters are men. So there's roughly like 25 to 30 women in the program, and and somewhere between like 75 to like 85 men in the program. Generally speaking, you know that fluctuates due to like the season and intakes or or what have you, but. Do you think that's representative of the recovery community as a whole? I don't think so. Okay. I think it, because McShane only has a certain number of women beds available mm -hmm. and, and have more men's houses than they do women's houses. Mm -hmm. So I think as a whole, I, th I, would, I would say it's pretty equal as a whole, you know, everywhere else. Sure. So um, I, guess, I guess my larger question is like, what can McShane do? for women in recovery? That's here. a hard question. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of women, as mothers, a lot of women are mothers. And I feel like when you're out there, in your mind you think, I don't want to leave my kids. And that's, you know, in your mind, you're thinking that's my priority, but really it isn't. But mm -hmm. in order to be there for your kids, you need to be okay for yourself. And I just don't think a lot of women understand that mm -hmm. or put that in the forefront of their minds. Mm -hmm. I know that we were like talking about the idea of at one point in time having like a mothers in recovery house here yeah. where it'd be like moms and their and their kids kind of like all you know trying to recover together essential right. because it takes away that added anxiety of um, kind of what we were talking about last last week in that training of like when when we can give them something to help them out with um, they don't stress, have the stress and anxiety about, you know, their son or their daughter and can focus on themselves more pr productively, I think. Right. Um, do you think that's something that would be helpful? I think so, um, because I know a lot of the moms are like, I don't have anywhere to put my kids. Nobody's going to watch them. My parents, you know, it's just it's something. I think that would be, you know, very useful around here. Tight. Did you have a question, Todd? Well, no, I mean, I and Alex, you know, we had on After Hours before, we had Carlia Summers from Frederick, Maryland, and, mm -hmm. and she has a home up there on Andrea's house. And so it, it caters to mothers with children, I think up to the age of, five. of... Actually, I think it's up to the age of... Don't quote me, but I think it's eight, you know, eight, maybe ten. I, but they actually, you know, I and and Carly has, you know, they have women that are, you know, go to the hospital, give birth, newborns coming in. And so I know there was a lot of red tape that they had to go through at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's a logistical um, problem. You know, I'm not sure what Virginia's bureaucratic red tape would be, but I know Maryland had, you know, there was red tape. But it's a great concept, and I think it would really, it would would really go a long way you know because you as a parent you're wondering okay i'm going someplace new mm -hmm. where are my kids going to be right you know and you so you're so focused on on what's not there that you're not able to focus on what's right in front of you being your your recovery space so i remember she said it was it was complicated mm -hmm. it, it was a lot of obstacles and barriers and it was it was difficult to put put something like that in place but it was so beneficial that it's you don't even think about it once it's like okay. up and rolling and, and something like that. So um, I don't know. I think it's a great idea. Any other um, ways that 
you know, supports that women need in recovery in general? I think the family thing is just the biggest issue. Your kids and just staying, a lot of people use, I'm not going to say the excuse, but say, you know, I don't want to leave because of my family. Mm -hmm. I just, I think that would, it would just play a big role in getting more women into the, into recovery. For sure. Um, I, I know that. That's a way that people go back to, um, not even go back out, but maybe that's their way of going back home. People finish the 28 days and say, I got my family that I got to go back home to. That's like the biggest um, reason that I hear is I got my wife, my house, my car, my dog, my kids, my job, all that stuff. Um, how successful do you think that stuff is if we can't exactly get the full you know wealth that a place like this has to offer i think 28 days is cool it's better than zero mm -hmm. but um well I'm just it, i just think that i i need i needed more than yeah. that to, to get my life back well and they say that you know 28 days is, you know i mean in the grand scheme of things like 28 days is like nothing compared to anything in long-term recovery which is like six to nine to mm -hmm. two years you know i mean your brain continues to heal the longer you progress so 28 days is great i'm not knocking it either not at all you know but i, I you know i do think that the the long what's the strategy what's the what's the plan after 28 days what's that look like like what are you implementing to you know, that's 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 the things to think about as well for sure so, so I'm, I'm glad you stayed you know what i'm saying i think that's a really good idea and that you can now have this added responsibility to feel productive while you're here too instead of just kind of like biding your time and the exact same for you too brandy i mean when i was i'll, I'll be dead honest i stayed as long as i needed to for court and because of me personally at the same time but that was like an added like i need to i i want to stay here longer and i need to because i don't have the finances to move out and it's going to look better for court right i'm just being realistic right, right now and it helped me so if i was like i'm gonna be here i'm gonna take advantage of it as much as possible i'm gonna be a house leader i'm gonna, I'm gonna try to volunteer i'm gonna learn as much as i can is that has that been kind of like the same mindset for you, or, it, or is, is it, it a has, little less well, cynical? <laughs> at first, when I first got here, that's what it was. But I, I didn't. My addiction didn't start until I was twenty-seven years old. Okay. So it took me a little while to get here in recovery, and now, I mean, even though it's my first time, I've noticed that after twenty-eight days, I wasn't even thinking about court anymore. Like I wanted to stay here for me. Hmm. Yeah. So. Hypothet hypothetically, let's say court goes well. Mm -hmm. What's the game plan for Brandy after that? To stay here. Cool. At least for a little while. Okay. And what um, what about like employment? Well, that's see, that's funny that you say that. When I was assistant, Jill was like, I need you to find a job um, so you can pay your bed fees. And we'll give you a month to do so. Well, I had a job two days later. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm... A house, the actual house leader. I had to quit my job so I could be there all the time. So, so you, quit, you quit your job to be I the house did. leader. I did. That is a sacrifice for recovery, and I <laughs> love it. Have you? Are you going through a similar experience, Brittany? Do you? Do you have a job? Do you have to get a job? Is, is, no. Did Jill tell you that you got to get a job? <laughs> no, I'm driving, so that's paying my bed fees. Cool. Yeah. 
That's really cool. See, that that's kind of like, I I won't have my license for two and a half years, but that's the kind of stuff that I like to do is, is mm -hmm. be a house leader, make sure that like my very, you know, that was like the only expense I had was bed fees, you know, cigarettes and energy drinks and food, <laughs> of course. So it was like, as long as my stuff was covered, everything else was just like bonus. Um, for sure. And the fact that you're driving people, do you have like the opportunity to have one-on-ones with these people and kind of maybe do like recovery coaching type sessions or? I haven't had a lot yet, but um, I'm sure it'll come up in the future. So I think they call it what, windshield time? That, that's what, uh, you know, John and a lot of people around here call it is windshield time. It's just kind of being able to share that quality time in a car with someone looking out the windshield. Uh, I think it's very cathartic. Um, have you had that sort of experience, Brandy? With yeah, people? yeah. I mean, so I didn't realize, even as assistant, I didn't realize how much the girls trusted me. Like they were coming to me with things, problems, you know, that they had, and that feels good in itself. And then on the way to like the meetings, we all we either either listening to music and all chit chatting. I mean, mm -hmm. it, we get very close out there. Yeah, I can definitely imagine. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, is, is trust something that you think you earned or is it something that you build? A little bit of both. I think you earn it and you build it. Okay. Like my mom, you know, when I was in active addiction, she did not trust me. Like if I asked for money, oh, you need a bill paid, let me pay it. You know, you need food, let me buy it. You know, she just didn't, I had to build that trust with her and prove to her that I'm really doing this recovery thing and not, you know, just bullshitting her. Have you, have you talked to your family? Or they, I, I, I've seen my family. I've been home. So are they supportive of, of this journey? Very. That's super cool. Yeah. Have you have they like come down here and visited and, and um, seen what 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 the my hell boyfriend you've been up did? To? <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend did, but my mom she she works all the time, so she hasn't been down here. But when I went home, I went and saw her. That's cool. So yeah. were you in a relationship before coming into recovery? I did. I didn't do a relationship my first day in recovery. I was already in a relationship. I'm just being curious. I, I know. Think, I think that's very that's very commendable um, to kind of like have that. Um, relationship coming in and, and then um, still work through you know what I'm saying because you're working on yourself uh, it's not easy um, having a partner that doesn't understand that a lot of times well he's in recovery too oh cool yeah that's really awesome yeah so is that like have they been in recovery for a while about four years Four years. Okay, so you actually learned a bit, a little bit from them. Yeah, I've known him my whole life. Like we grew up together. So yeah, I've learned a little bit. He's a. We, he relapsed once, and I was around, and it was just easy for him. And I'm like, I wish I could just stop. Mm -hmm. You know, I, his mindset is is there. I was always jealous of that, and so now that I'm doing it, it, it feels really good to you know be doing it with him. That's really awesome. I never knew that. Yeah. I love learning stuff on this pod. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm getting distracted, but there's some banging. Like I hear on it. what feels like a window. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, if, if if people are listening to this and not watching it, those are not your valves tapping on your car. It's some kind of tapping. I thought it, it was you tapping no, saying, no, talk to no, me. No, I that would be very selfish because I would have been tapping for like 20 minutes now. Yeah. So, I, just, I didn't. 
even notice it. I, uh, maybe it's been going on the whole time. It has. But... I've been looking at it periodically. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Well, we'll 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 keep powering through. We might wrap up in the next like five minutes anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, you guys want to keep rolling. That's good. But uh, it is I, incessant. I, yeah, honestly, like yeah. it's making me feel a little crazy. Yeah. I would. I would never tap on a freaking table like that. <laughs> <laughs> the way you were talking last night was, right, was, yeah. was crazy. <laughs> The I was battling the ego last night a little bit. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll I'll, I'll just take the advantage of this to say like that that we are in Richmond Magazine now for for like an article about you know local podcasts and like creating your own podcast. So definitely feel free to like give that a read. Um, that that's pretty much it, really. I mean, we're just kind of like a a little part of it uh, as an example of you know the local podcast scene in general. I think Todd probably has a link he can throw on the ticker and yeah, we actually in the we, comment section. We posted it this morning, so okay. if they go to the McKinn Foundation Facebook page, they can find it there. That's and, cool because you know. this this when when people hit that link, mm -hmm. this will probably be the first podcast that pops up. Mm -hmm. So y'all will probably get some views <laughs> here in the next like week, which is pretty cool. Um, so before before we wrap up, I want to ask um, Brittany, what have you done for your recovery today? Um, took somebody to their doctor's appointments, which helps me be responsible. It helps you be responsible. Mm -hmm. That's so nice. I know. <laughs> Isn't it cool to like drive and be trusted with driving and not yes. have to like look in the rear view waiting for the blue and red lights to pull <laughs> you over? I find myself still looking back if I see blue lights, but yeah, yeah. It's just it's old habits die hard. Yes, <laughs> that's for the sure. Truth. Uh, what about you, Brandy? What 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 have you done for your recovery today? Um, I, I actually helped with a new girl coming in. I did her baseline and took her to a group, and it just it feels good giving back. Hmm. It always does feel good giving back. And Gwen's also asking, what message do you have for listeners who are incarcerated? Oh, um, just to keep your head up, and that it'll all be better eventually. Brandy. That's, a, that's it's hard to keep your head up when you're in jail, and especially when you don't know how long you're going to be there. So I would tell them, you know, your time's coming. I know courts are slow because of this pandemic, mm. but it, it's coming. Just don't give up. Be positive. Yeah, power on and be positive. Right. Like, be, being positive is such, like, an easy answer for me personally. Like, that's what I still tell people on the first day that I meet them. It's like, how are you? Are you okay? Are you hungry? Word of advice, just be coachable. Like, be <laughs> right. coachable and be positive, and everything else will kind of, like, wash over you, I feel like. And you can kind of, like, sponge the information pretty easily. Um, so Todd. I'm, I'm going to actually field Gwen's other question that just came up here. You know, who may be listening to this podcast? You know, well, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, mm -hmm. Amazon Music. Uh, there's, like, probably eight other platforms that are sub of that that are smaller so we do have an extremely broad reach you know so anyways so that maybe who that maybe one of any of those people may stumble across it because i made sure that the keywords were you know had addiction in there uh mm -hmm. if somebody's looking for that you know it's easily accessible so that was so i wanted to i wanted to no no i think that's really important and and you know from like the demographics um 
I think we do have more women listeners than than men listeners. Yeah, at least through like Facebook and stuff like that. Facebook, yes, uh, and but the uh, actually the audio podcast are the opposite. It's 66 percent men, and it's twenty five to thirty three, and then it drops down to like you know going above that. So what is it? Thirty twenty five to thirty five, mm-hmm. and then thirty five to forty five, and then it's thirty three percent women. So that's I think that's why it's really yeah. important. Like that, I'm I'm really happy that you guys are on is because like y'all, whether you know it or not, are, are probably helping women in recovery or find recovery right now, like as we speak. So like, so. I'm really thankful and, and grateful to have y'all on. Um, thank you for, for sure. Us. Yep, thank you. Any any final thoughts, Brittany? Nope. No. No. Nothing. Nothing I'm to good. close out with, Brandy. Any any final thoughts for you? Um, the only thing that I have to say is like I never dreamed that I'd be here right now. Like just from being in the intensive program for 28 days and then thrown into house manager. I mean, assistant house manager and then house manager. Mm-hmm. Like you got people. You guys out there can do it. Like mm-hmm. just don't put your mind to it, and you can get it done. That's awesome. <laughs> Todd, thank you for another wonderful show. Um, any final words from you? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm trying to. I'm hoping that that you know woodpecker doesn't show back up here. It stopped. Uh, it subsided for I think a second. Because I texted Matt and I was like, "Can you take care?" You know, so. Oh, so, what it was. Yeah, we'll so, find out. I'll do some investigating. Yeah, but we'll get to the bottom of this. So. Um, continue, continue y'all's great work, ladies. I I really appreciate the work that y'all do, and thank you for coming on. Shout out to Todd, our producer. Um, shout out to all those watching and listening. Um, this has been getting the herd. Peace out. the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery since May 27, 2007. I have not used drugs or alcohol. Woo-hoo! Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShen, let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.